Hello and welcome to Wagawheel Coffee Table. It's a film podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Wagon Wheel Coffee Table podcast. I'm your host Ellis, this is episode 18. I hope everyone has been enjoying the most recent episodes and the podcast as a whole. We're slowly uh, ticking along and, you know, just I'm just really enjoying doing this. I feel like I say that every week, but it's it's the truth, so deal with it. Um, <laughs> that was weird. Um, so yeah, we're doing something a bit different this week. Um, we're going to be more TV related um, but before we get into that, I've actually been watching, well, I've never seen, before this week, I'd never seen a Paul Thomas Anderson film. Uh, and I've watched two this week, and I've, I kind of plan on watching another one tonight, I think. Um, but I watched There Will Be Blood a few days ago, and I watched Licorice Pizza last night. I kind of wanted to watch, I didn't do this really on purpose, but I'm kind of glad I did this way, where I watched his most highly rated one, which was There Will Be Blood. I'm sure people disagree, I know a lot of people like Punch Drunk Love and Magnolia and all those things. Um, but I think There Will Be Blood is his, it's kind of his most highly rated, I, I, I think. Um, I watched that one first and then I watched his most recent film, Licorice Pizza, which came out last year or two years ago. Um, and I I really liked There Will Be Blood. I, the performances were obviously, you know, I'm not seeing anything new here when I say the performances were excellent. And the fact that Paul Dano had, I think I was listening to an interview and he said he had two days to rehearse it, something like that. Like he got the job like a week before production or two weeks before production. And then he had like a few days to look at the script and prepare and get the get the feeling of this guy right. Which is really impressive because it's, one of his best performances I've ever seen, and it's really like uh, weaselly and kind of strange. Like the big um, monologue and performance he has at the church, where he's like trying to, so he's supposedly getting the devil out of this old lady who's got arthritis, I think she's got. That performance is like mesmerizing and kind of disturbing and violent, and I don't know, it's just, it's just very different. So that's obviously impressive anyway, and, and this is actually, I think this might be my first Daniel Day-Lewis film. Um, it's, I don't know how that's happened, but I think I don't, I don't think I've seen another Daniel Day-Lewis film. And he was obviously excellent in this. I didn't even realise he was English, um, but he's excellent in this film. And I want to watch some more of his films, um, like maybe Phantom Fred I might watch. I think that's PTA as well. Um... And obviously, you know, Lincoln and, and all the other, the myriad of other excellent roles that he's, well, apparent excellent roles that he's uh, performed in his career. And I think he's retired now, but I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, it's been kind of like a, I felt quite, it's weird. When you like films, uh, watching good films counts as being productive, I think. Like, so, for example, I think someone who maybe doesn't like films or doesn't maybe to take films as it's not that I take films seriously I just I, I I take seriously watching like good films or like having a good uh or a wide knowledge or have seen I take pride in have seen lots of films so that means that I want to watch all the 
classics or watch all of a certain really good director or highly rated director or highly rated actor or just films I've heard that I think I might like, all these kind of things. You know, that's part of doing the podcast is getting the chance to watch a film and it be for something that's quote-unquote productive. But even if I wasn't doing the podcast, I think I still feel like watching films is productive for me in terms of, like, I think most people see being productive as doing maybe like cleaning the house or um, doing a chore that you haven't haven't mean to do in a while or like make an appointment for the barbers or like make an appointment at the hospital or I don't know doing something that's productive you kind of know what I mean without me really having to explain it and I think for some people watching a film is the opposite of that where like watching a film is maybe like a waste of time or a way of relaxing um, and it still is a way of relaxing for me, but it's still, when I'm watching a film, it still feels like I'm being productive. It doesn't feel like I'm wasting my time. It doesn't feel like I've, oh, I, I, I should be doing this, but instead I've watched a film. It's like, no, I watched a film and it was useful and it's being me being productive. Um, so watching a Paul, two Paul Thomas Anderson films and what well, my first Paul Thomas Anderson film and also my second one and my first Daniel Day-Lewis film, it definitely felt like I've been productive in that way and kind of like growing my education of these famous artists. Um, you know, I think it's, you kind of build certain directors up in your head. You hear you hear a lot about certain films. And Pearl Thomas Anderson is definitely one of those people where you hear so much about There Will Be Blood, Punch Drunk Love, Magnolia. You hear so much about these films and you kind of build them up in your head and I think it gets to a point where you don't want to watch them because you don't want to not like them or you don't want to be disappointed or anything like that. So it's it's interesting because I think it's the same with, um, I don't know, whatever director. I think maybe a lot of people who like film have this where they'll have a director that they haven't seen any films of and it's they've kind of like built the idea of their films in their head and you're kind of fearful that, I don't know, maybe this is just me, you're fearful that you won't like their films, or I don't know how to explain it, but it it kind of was that with Paul Thomas Anderson for me, where he was this huge name, or very famous name, certainly to me, and a lot of my friends and, you know, general public really like a lot of his films. So it's kind of like, okay, at some point I'm going to have to watch this guy's films. And this week's kind of been the week that I've done that, where I've watched There Will Be Blood and now Licorice Pizza, and tonight I'll probably watch another film. I'm thinking probably Magnolia, but we'll see. But anyway, yeah, so it happened with Akira Kurosawa, where I watched Throne of Blood, and I really liked it, but I didn't love it, and it was kind of, like, confusing. I don't really know the story, the Shakespeare story it was based on. So I was kind of like, this isn't meant to be his best one. And I'm kind of glad I, I, I wish I'd watched like Akiru or um, Ran, which I think are probably more loved ones. But I haven't watched one of his films since. But I, at that point, I really wanted, like I watched Throne of Blood and I was like, right, when, the next film I want to watch is going to be another Kurosawa film. But then I didn't and then I never watched another one since. So with Paul Thomas Anderson, I kind of wanted, like I watched There Will Be Blood and loved it. So I was like, right, the next film I've got to watch is going to be a Paul Thomas Anderson film. So I watched Licorice Pizza. And now I'm like, well, I didn't love Licorice Pizza. And I, I, I'll, I'll talk a bit about why. But I didn't love Licorice Pizza. I'm like, right, I want to watch another one now to see where I'm at. Um, 
a non-licorice pizza. Right? It's it's a meandering film, and you know there are a lot of meandering films like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You could make a case for like Blade Runner one and two for being that as well. But it's these kind of films where like nothing really much happens apart from like certain like set pieces or moments between characters or whatever. But with this, I was kind of watching it and kind of it was really dragging. Like it was, I paused it to go to the toilet at one point, and I had I think I had an hour left. Or something like that. No, maybe maybe like forty five minutes left. I was like, oh my god, I've been watching this film for an hour and a half. It's felt it's felt way longer than that. I thought I was nearly done with the film. And with like these kind of meandering films, you never really know where the end is coming. Like that, he could have probably ended it at any point. He could have had them reuniting and you know kissing at the end. He could have had that at any point really after any kind of moment in the film. But. Obviously, there are obvious issues with the film. There's obviously stuff about, like, racism in it and stuff like that, which I'm not really the one to talk about, so I'm just... I'm not going to talk about it because other people have articulated way more than me. But anyway, obviously, there's another issue with the age gap between the two protagonists, where she's 25, he's 15. I didn't really have a problem with it, and I thought I was, because I'd seen some reviews and people had a big problem with it. And I was kind of watching the film, and I started watching the film thinking, okay, I, I might have a big problem with this. But it kind of was happening, I was like, mm, this seems to be okay, this seems to be, like, a friendship, but obviously he's kind of falling in love with her, and she's trying to trying to not fall in love with him, because, you know, she's a, she's a, she's a pre-defile if, if, she, if she gets with him. But then they kissed at the end. And my, I had, like, this visceral reaction to them. I just went, oh, no. Like, at this, to this point, I was kind of dealing with it and coming to terms with it. And, like, they weren't completely, they weren't really flirting, really. They were just creating this companionship, this f- friendship. And, obviously, there was moments where the younger guy, uh, Gary, is kind of, he like try, he, like, goes to touch her while she's, like, lying there. And, like, hovers his hand over her boob. And, like, saying that back now, it sounds very creepy. But it doesn't really feel that creepy. It feels like he's... He wishes he was older. Like, the whole film is him, like, wishing he was older and acting older. And that was kind of a moment for me, but not too bad. Um, And it kind of reminds you of the dynamic. Whereas before, I was kind of settling into it just being a companionship, a friendship. And then little things like that remind you that, oh, no... he wants more. And then they kiss at the end and it just disgusted me. <laughs> it just, even though I'd spent two and a half hours with these kids, or this kid and this adult woman, um, it's still, and like, I quite liked their relationship in terms of their banter and their kind of uh, conflict and all these things. I kind of enjoy. I enjoyed watching them on screen. That just kind of, it's that still didn't I still didn't enjoy when they kissed at the end. And other than that, I did it. It's obviously a really pretty looking film, um, and that gives it some points for me. And the performances are really good, um, and certain points of the film are really good. So like the bit with Bradley Cooper is really fun. The bit with Benny Safdie in the restaurant with his boyfriend is really like interesting, and kind of. 
I, I wish I'd I wish I'd realised it sooner because they talk about Benny Safdie's character being a bachelor and all these kinds of things and that it should have clicked for me sooner that that's what was like what was going to happen but it was really like a it was like ah oh, okay of course like when they get to the restaurant um so yeah there was these certain parts of the film that I really enjoyed you know the waterbed stuff the pinball stuff was like oh that's a really fun idea that's a really interesting idea I'm entertained by a lot of this. But then there was just certain points that was just, I was just so disengaged. It dragged so much. I, w- I was really like struggling to get through it. Not really, well, not really, because I was never like, I'm going to turn this off. But it was like, oh, I've only been watching for an hour and a half. It feels so much longer than that. And that's not really a good sign. Um, but yeah, I didn't love it, but it was still, it wasn't a waste of time. And there were definitely aspects of it that I really liked, but were more to do with how it looked and like certain scenes not the whole piece as, as one um but yeah anyway that's <laughs> i've kind of spent a little bit too long talking about films <laughs> even though it's a film podcast um whereas today we're going to be talking about american sitcoms and figuring out what the best ever american sitcom is now i kind of drafted some categories that i thought were a good way of kind of uh, ranking the ones that I've chosen but basically I had to cut some certain sitcoms so I've chosen four and some of them some sitcoms or some like comedy shows I couldn't include because they didn't really fit the criteria so things like Modern Family, Always Sunny and Community are three shows that I really really like but I couldn't put them in because they I didn't want to have too many shows ranking like figuring out between too many shows and also some of the criteria that I've chosen don't really fit with those those three shows. They are kind of a bit different, which is a good thing. And what I really like about them is because they're a bit different. But these, the four that I've chosen are more like typical sitcoms, American sitcoms. Uh, shows like Frasier, um, Seinfeld, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm... Um, I haven't seen. Well, Frasier I've seen a bit of, but it's like Seinfeld, Kirby Enthusiasm, and other ones that I can't think of I haven't seen. So they're not in it. Um, what else isn't in it? Oh, a big one, which I think a lot of people think this is the best sitcom of all time, is The Office, the US Office. That isn't in this. And I just want to say that now so you can all react and get angry. And then, and then you know, you can calm down and come back. If you want, you can pause it for a while cool off, you know, you know, take, go get, go make yourself a cup of tea, just like cool off a little bit, right? The, the office isn't in this. Now, that's for kind of a couple of reasons is I never finished it. I got, I can't remember what season I even got to, but I never finished it. Um, and also I didn't love it. Um, I loved a lot of it, but all the four shows that I've chosen, I love. Um, and I love more than The Office. I think if I'd watched all of The Office, I would have included it as a fifth show. But because I never finished it, uh, I didn't think it was right for me to include it. And it kind of goes without saying that it's one of the most beloved sitcoms of all time. So, I don't know. I'm trying to justify to you why I haven't included it. But there's no reason other than I never finished it and I didn't love it. But I know a lot of people are going to get angry at that and I'm very, very sorry. Okay, let's get into this. So, the four shows that I've chosen are Friends, How I Met Your Mother, New Girl, and Parks and Recreation. 
obviously there are some that you know are missing uh what else what, what else is missing like arrested development isn't there uh what else like superstore isn't there 30 rock i haven't seen um big bang theory isn't there just because you know it's very hit and miss and most of it's not very good um scrubs i've never seen it brooklyn 99 was meant to be in this um but i've only seen it once and i think the four shows that i've chosen aren't necessarily better than Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but I just have more affinity and feel like I have a better opinion. of Like, I have more of an opinion about the four shows I've chosen. So that... I don't know if what I've just said kind of, um, like, negates this issue, this this discussion, uh, but we'll see. So I've got certain categories. Again, the four shows are Friends, How Met Your Mother, New Girl, and Parks and Rec. Um, I've done lots of... Not lots of research, but I've kind of already wrote down what I think about regards to each of the categories, but I haven't really put them in an order. However, the first thing I did was I wanted to rank all the characters from all four shows and give points out regarding them. So in each category, the show is either going to get four, three, two or one points if they're first, second, third or fourth, respectively. So what I did is I most so so three of the shows friends how many mother and well no friends and new girl both have like six main characters how many mother has five so i added tracy which is the mother and parks and rec has maybe like 10 main characters uh so the ones i cut were donna ben jerry and chris so ben and chris obviously come in later and I'll talk about Ben later on because I have lots of opinions about Ben. Um, so Ben and Chris obviously came later on, so they're not really involved. And Donna and Jerry don't really get as much as playtime as the other six that I've chosen, although I do really love those. And Jerry's actually in most of the episodes. He's in more episodes than nearly every character apart from Leslie and Ron, maybe? I'm not sure if that's right, but he's, def- he's definitely in most episodes or nearly all of them, actually. So anyway, so that, that means there's now 24 characters. So six from each each show. So I ranked them. Now, I did this a few days ago, so I might disagree with what I've done, but I've already put them in, and I'm not changing my mind. So the 24th, we've got CeCe. I don't really, I don't really get the hype around CeCe. I don't know, because I really like Schmidt, who's at the other end of this table. I never got Schmidt's obsession with CeCe because I never really saw that, but it kind of makes sense. Then we've got Tracy. That's basically, I really like her, but she's in a a few episodes, so I can't really make her any higher than that. Coach, uh, he he just kind of is a bit nothing. He's really funny from New Girl, but I should be saying what show this is from, by the way. So like Cece from New Girl, Tracy from How Met Your Mother, Coach from New Girl. Um, He just isn't there for a lot of the time, and he kind of has a lot of like love interests that don't go anywhere or are an excuse for him to leave or whatever. Then we have Anne from Parks and Rec. I just don't find her that interesting. Um, she, I didn't. I definitely had the problem when I first watched it that um, she just kind of reflected all of her boyfriends. But then I'm watching Parks and Rec in the minute, actually, rewatching it, um, and they do work that into the show where she kind of reflects every guy she dates. Next is Lily um, from How I Met Your Mother. Now I do really like Lily, but she just 
does certain things I really disagree with. Um, I think I kind of go back and forth on how much I disagree, but obviously the thing about her leaving Marshall, I really like that they did that with the show because it added, like, the rock in the show was their uh, relationship. It was a thing that Ted, you know, looked up to. But then that Brim breaking up is a huge deal and something that I'm really, you know, glad that they did because it's huge. But I just don't like how she did it. And I also don't like the episode called Aldrin Justice, where she steals things. And I just don't agree with a lot of what she does. Anyway. Next is Ross uh, in 19th place from Friends. I used to quite like Ross. And so Rachel's 18th. So it's Ross then Rachel. Um, I just find Rachel more enjoyable to watch. Ross is definitely quite funny, and this is maybe where I disagree with my past self, where maybe I would have put these two a bit higher, or definitely Ross higher, but I was re-watching, well, I'm always re-watching Friends, really. me and my girlfriend, it's kind of always on, um, and I think originally when I watched Friends, the Ross and Rachel on a break thing, I was kind of on Ross's side, but I was like, yeah, they were on a break, it's a shit thing to do, but you know, they were on a break. Now I'm definitely not like that, I'm not only do I disagree with what Ross did, I think that after that breakup, he's really mean to Rachel. He, like, punishes her and is very, like, there's, like, a big conflict between them and he always punishes her. And I just don't like that. Like, you're the one that did something wrong. Rachel didn't really do anything wrong. She just wanted a break from the relationship because she was feeling, like, suffocated and all those things. So that's why Ross is down there. And Rachel's probably kind of the blandest friends character but i just like her she's very like inoffensive i think uh next we have robin from how many mother i am realizing there are a lot of women at the bottom of these and i don't know if that's my fault or if that's the fault of um the male writers of these shows but anyway so next we have robin in 17th i just again it's kind of not her fault. I just think it's the show's fault. And we'll talk... I have a category about finales um, at some point in this episode. And I think the fact that she ends up with Ted and not Barney is definitely hurts her, in my opinion, of her. And obviously, that's not really her fault because I enjoy her character. But I, I just think that because I disagree with that decision, that hurts her character. April is next from Parks and Rec. I really should have gone through this list quicker, but this is going to be the longest category I think I'm going to talk about. But April's next. I really like April. She's really funny. I think I really like her and Andy's relationship, but her kind of sarcastic, pessimistic um, attitude kind of gets a little bit stale. Not necessarily stale, but a little bit frustrating, I think, at some point. And obviously that makes me identify with people like Leslie and Anne and all those characters who don't really agree with her like pessimism, but... That does get kind of boring. Not boring. I just get tired of it sometimes. Um, but, you know, it's still nice. Next is Phoebe. <sighs> I feel I feel like Phoebe should be higher up on this list. But I made the decision. We'll move on. Phoebe's incredible. I used to, like, not really care for Phoebe. But I think she's just this incredibly independent person who is her own person. Doesn't really listen to any sort of rules. I think I found her quite annoying when I first watched Friends when I was a kid, but now I really like her. Um, next is Winston. Um, what what they did with Winston's character from New Girl is just 
the most the best decision that that one of the best decisions that show made like at the beginning he kind of is the straight guy um but then he just turns into the silliest character then there's joey in 13th from friends uh this again like the show has hurt him him getting with rachel um there is the thing about like between barney and joey where they're both kind of the the uh serial daters the you know the sluts if for want of a better term um i think barney's barney's definitely more cartoonish with that and joey's maybe more realistic but i think there's just a few inconsistencies with his character and he kind of doesn't really go anywhere in the show i I would have liked him to not necessarily meet someone but i mean he does grow i guess with falling for rachel and all that kind of stuff but there's a lot of good characters like these are four good shows with all of these characters are really interesting so it's difficult next we have tom from parks and rec he's really funny he makes me laugh a lot he's not the most interesting character but i do like his kind of change when he starts doing you know rent a swag and uh entertainment 720 and um tom's bistro and all that kind of thing he's he definitely grows and i really like him and he's just hilarious uh next is monica I love Monica. I think she's the best. Um, I think her and Chandler are obviously really good together. Um, I kind of have a bit of a crush on Monica, to be honest. Like, she's she's really cool. Like, she's really funny. I think she's, like, kind of underratedly funny. Um, I think when you think of, like, funny characters from Friends, people usually say Chandler, Joey, maybe Phoebe. But I think Monica's definitely up there as one of the funniest characters. Obviously, Chandler's higher on this list than her. But, you know, Monica's hilarious and I really like her. Next is Nick. I actually, when I started doing this list, I thought Nick from New Girl was going to be higher than this. But it turns out <laughs> he's not. Um, I'll talk about it because I have a category later on that's about the love, the central love duo um, in the shows. Because each one has like a central love duo. Um, and that's why shows like always sunny and community don't really have aren't in this because they don't really have some certain like archetypes and motifs like love duos and that kind of stuff anyway so nick i thought there was going to be higher i really like nick um i like jess and nick together we'll talk about it later he's kind of i I identify with a lot of his like uh grumpiness and anginess i just he's very entertaining um next is ted from how i met your mother i think I kind of go hot and cold on Ted. I think he's 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 very like romantic, and you can kind of uh, aspire to be like Ted and his romanticism. But I think there's a lot of times when he becomes quite annoying. Um, obviously, he he does some things that aren't great as well, but he kind of atones for them and makes up for them, and he makes a great choice of wife, but not Robin. Um, I think Robin, different to, it's not really comparable, but CC and New Girl, like, I don't really see the hype, um, but in terms of, like, people fancying her, but with Robin, I kind of see it, and I see Ted's fascination with her, but then again, I don't think they should have ended up together, and that also hurts Ted's character. Next, we have Ron from Parks and Rec, really hilarious. When I'm watching it at the minute, he's just so funny, his character is, he's, like, childishness and his laugh it just adds more points and he's i think he's really funny then there's andy from parks and rec i think him being chris pratt maybe hurts him a little bit uh, i don't hate chris pratt as a lot of much 
a lot of other people obviously his politics i don't agree with but i think a lot of people don't like him because of his acting and his kind of overexposure but i do andy's hilarious andy's really really funny uh his childishness it's like him and april's relationship doesn't work without chris pratt being chris pratt in that i really like him sick place we have chandler from friends he's the funniest character I think his jokes maybe sometimes get a little bit old, but he's hilarious. He is a bit of a dick, to be honest. Like, he's not a very good friend to Joey. He, he like, obviously he gets with his girlfriend at one point. Um, he makes fun of Joey a lot. Um, there are, you kind of buy, you still buy their relationship. You still get with their friends. And he pays for a lot of his, like, acting classes and stuff. But he's a bit of a dick sometimes. But he's still really funny. He's my favorite friend's character. Um, and him and Monica are the best um next is leslie i'm kind of sad leslie isn't higher in this i think she should be higher but she's fifth in this list so leslie is fifth from parks and rec she's the central character she grows so much in the show she begins by being this kind of like hung up on this guy from parks from the parks and rec department or city building department i can't remember i can't even remember the character's name but that guy leaves after two seasons i she begins by being just this kind of like a bit too um a bit bit too steve carell in the office a bit too like a bit bigoted a bit um silly a bit bumbling boss a bit you know fails at love that kind of stuff and then they change her into this boss and this like passionate enthusiastic hyper incredibly interesting person and i love her like she's she holds that show together completely and i love her and ben together again i'll talk more about that later um yeah i she's she's amazing now marshall is next in fourth in this list and this is interesting one i didn't realize he was going to be that high but i was thinking about it and i think he's the best friend out of all this obviously not like in terms of best is in closeness but i think he's the person who is the best friend obviously leslie with Anne, but i'm thinking kind of like the best friend to the main character so what Anne is to leslie um what um, kind of chandler is to ross who's the best who's the main character in friends it's difficult but ross kind of has the most screen time um especially at the beginning what schmidt is to nick i don't know that's quite comparable but I think Marshall's a really good friend. And I think he stands by Ted and calls him out on his shit sometimes. But it's also hilarious. Jason Seagull is hilarious in this show. Um, yeah, doesn't know much needs to be said. Next is Jess from New Girl. Now, I'm kind of thinking with... This is my teenage self at the minute. Like, I was in love with Jess. Not No, I wasn't in love with her. But I, you know, she kind of formed my... Not my attraction to women, but... I watched New Girl for the first time at a very, like, like what's the word? A, f- a very important time in my life where, like, a teenager kind of learning what you like, what you don't like. And Jess was just a big part of that, I think. With that, that, that kind of sounds very creepy, but not in, a like, a sexual way, just in, like, a... I like that kind of person. Uh, and I think I need that kind of person in my life. Because I'm... Basically, I'll talk, obviously, again, I'll talk more about this later when it comes to love duos, but I feel like I am the mixture of Jess and Nick. Um, and that'll come up later when I talk more about it, but that makes me like Jess a bit more as well. Next is Schmidt. 
so Schmidt is in second. I'm not sure about this one, but I think he's just he makes me laugh so much. Him falling for CC kind of knocks him down a bit because I don't really like CC, but he's hilarious. Obviously, there's the thing about him cheating, which is really weird and something I really disagree with. But that didn't really hurt him, me liking him. Whereas like other characters on this list, the decisions that the writers make hurt what I feel about them. That didn't really hurt. It was like, oh, this is just the writer trying to make a bit of conflict. And top spot is Barney. Um, I haven't rewatched How Many Mother in a few months. Or I haven't watched an episode in a few months or maybe in a year, actually. I'm not sure if Barney is problematic yet. I think some people believe he is, and maybe he is, but to me he's really hilarious, <laughs> um, and that maybe sounds maybe sounds a bit weird, but he's just really funny, and I think you get away with it because it's so ridiculous. His like attitude towards women and what he says about women, and especially him like going after like young girls and the things he says about when people turn eighteen and and boobs and the sexualization of women and all that sort of stuff you get you kind of gets away with it because it's so ridiculous and no one is like agreeing with him really everyone's calling him out like lily and robin and all these people even ted and wait basically everyone calls him out on it so that's i think i think that's fine but yeah he's top spot he's the person that's made me laugh the most out of this list so barney's top spot so basically i gave each of those characters points regarding where they are so like barney got 20 24 points cc got one point and then in between i added all the show like each character from each show i added them all up um and friends were actually last with 68 points uh how no new girl were second with third sorry with 75 points how may your mother were second with 76 points so close between how may your mother and new girl and Parks and Rec were first with 81 points. I kind of knew that going in because I think Parks and Rec, although they're not in the top like four, three of the list, they definitely have the best characters. And like Donna, Ben, Jerry and Chris are all incredible characters as well. So I'm going to add, so obviously that's four points for Parks and Rec, three points for Mahomet Mother, two points for a new girl so, and one point for Friends. So I'm going to put that in the list. Right, next. What category should we do next? This is kind of a bit of a simple one. Um, no, not really. Well, yeah, it's kind of a simple one. I've just looked up the IMDb rating of the whole show. Um, so in last place, it's New Girl. They're at 7.8, which is obviously still incredible. Uh, next is How I Met Your Mother with 8.3. So they get two points. Uh, Parks and Rec uh, have 8.6, so they get three points. And Friends... It gets four points with 8.9, which is obviously incredible. And you kind of expect that because it's the most iconic show. Uh, next, let's let's do running gags. So obviously a big staple of the uh, sitcom and especially the American sitcom is running gags. And I guess any sitcom, not necessarily American. This kind of, I had two, basically I had two categories which were reoccurring characters and running gags, but it kind of seemed to blend so, for example, like, running gags in Friends could be Janice, but also that's a reoccurring character. So it kind of blends the two categories. So Friends, we've got, like, Jarris, we've got Janice, we've got Gunther being in love with Rachel, we've got Chandler's job, no one knowing it, we've got Regina Falange, we've got Ugly Naked Guy. Uh, for How I Met Your Mother, we've got, like, The Ducky Tie, uh, Barney's Job, The Playbook, Slap Bet, Robin Sparkles, some real classics in there. Like, all of those are really funny. For New Girl, we've got Deuce Jar, True American, Fergus and the Cat, 
uh, Tran, um, Nick's friend, and Prank Sinatra, you know, um, <laughs> although Prank Sinatra is only said once, really, it's basically Winston's pranks and kind of messing around with Cece. Uh, and then we've got Parks and Rec, so people like Burt Macklin, Little Sebastian, Per Joan, Joan Calamezzo. I think Parks and Rec definitely has less running gags and more the running gags are the returning characters. And running gags are more to do like character things like uh, Leslie Loving Desserts, Ron's manliness, Ben's nerdiness, um, Tom's kind of snootiness and kind of extraordinary lifestyle. But I think I'm going to give How Met Your Mother four points for that. Um, just because I think they have the most iconic running jokes. Um, I'm going to put Parks and Rec last, I think, just because they're running jokes and mm, reoccurring characters, it probably wins, actually, because I'm kind of melding them. So I think Parks and Rec, I'm going to give maybe two points because their running gags aren't as good, but their reoccurring characters are really good. That means probably New Girl gets last, or New Girl's struggling so far, Uh, and Friends gets three, which doesn't really feel right. Friends, reoccurring characters, Gunther, Mr. Heckles, Janice, Ursula, that doesn't really feel as good as Parks and Rec. So I'm going to Parks and Rec at three, Friends at two. Um, right, next. Okay, let's let's talk about the finale. I probably should do this at the end, but it's just next on my list. Um, so the finale of New Girl is called en- Engram Patiski, which means my greatest prank, I think it is. I can't remember, it's basically Winston. Um, I don't really like this ending. And New Girl's taking a lot of hits during this so far but I don't really like it um I think the last season I like the last season more than seemingly a lot of people do but I don't really like the ending it's I, it's a lot of like forced fondness and forced nostalgia like I don't really get I don't really love true American uh I think that's probably a big deal in like new girl fandom but I don't love it um like, I don't, like, when they play True American in the last episode, I'm not like, oh my god, True American, I love this, this is so nostalgic. I don't really get that. But it's still, like, a decent ending, and they still all end up kind of where they were going. So, like, Nick and Jess ending up together, Schmidt and Cece are still together, Winston's with Ali. Um, you know, all these things are happening. Um, Coach is around, I guess. I think he turns up. And obviously they all have kids, and usually kids kind of ruins these kind of shows because you can't really get the tone right, but I think it works with New Girl. Um, yeah, that's the finale of New Girl. How I Met Your Mother, I'm going to do last because obviously that's the most contentious. Parks and Rec, I don't really like the ending of Parks and Rec. I don't really, I don't think they're going into the, I think going into the future thing works in terms of like seeing where the characters go. But what I like about friends how many mother not really how many mother what i like about friends and new girl and a myriad of the shows is you don't know where they're going like will ross and rachel figure it out you know that's still a question mark after so many seasons of friends which is kind of annoying i guess but the thing with with parks and ricky kind of gets rid of any of that kind of um mystery and also i think the future technology stuff just doesn't hold up at all, really. Uh, what else? Friends. It's a solid ending, the ending of Friends. Um, ties things up. There's lots of drama. It's a two-parter. You know, Ross and Rachel finally getting together. Her getting off the plane. It's an iconic moment. The key's on the side. It's a really solid ending. 
and especially this being the friends being like the most culturally important show and the most iconic show they really stuck the landing with it and how may your mother right obviously a lot of people hate how may your mother ending and I, I i'm not a fan i wanted robin and barney to stay together and i wanted ted and the wife i didn't want the wife and the mother to die um i don't mind barney going back to his you know his usual self like being with robin and seemingly growing up and then kind of re- regressing into the into the playboy but it's kind of sadder now because he's much older but what i would have liked and but then by the end he becomes a dad and that kind of changes him but what i would have liked like the last season basically takes place over like a week or two weeks or something they go like back in time forward in time but it's basically the whole of ted's no barney's barney and robin's wedding is kind of the whole last season really i wish they'd done that and then given us another season or they'd split that season up into two just so we could see more of tracy the mother and seen like Robin and Barney, Robin and Barney, Barney breaking up. I don't mind. They they're kind of a bit volatile and a bit like combustible. I don't really mind that. I would have liked to seen maybe Barney's regression and then redemption when he becomes a dad. I would have liked to have seen that over the course of a season instead of like over the course of an episode. Um, and this isn't this is not my original idea, but I think it's a good point to make. Is that I think the writers of How I Met Your Mother started the show with a very clear ending. It was that Robin was going to end up with Ted. Uh, that was kind of the... There was other things, obviously, but Robin was going to end up with Ted. And they shot the scenes with the kids and the flash-forwards, obviously. And obviously, those kids are going to grow up, so you can't have re-record it. So they had that for the end. So obviously, in the last scene, they're like, Aunt Robin's the one, you're the one, you know? <sighs> Just change it change your mind you know they got too stuck with that idea and like obviously there's the famous story about breaking bad where jesse was meant to die but then they kept him alive because they loved the character so much like just keep the we didn't want robin and ted together we wanted ted and the mother together it's called how am your mother we wanted ted and the mother and then to kill off the mother who's such and i love the actress i can't remember her name but she's one of my favorite actresses as well i don't know she's very disappointing um, but yeah, let's let's, let's move on because I'm I'm taking a lot of time up here. So how am I going to rank these? So how about your mother? I think I'm going to have to put it at last, even though I don't hate it as much as a lot of people do. I'm going to have to do it at last. New Girl's going to be two. Parks and Rec, no, actually Parks and Rec. New Girl's going to be three. Add it, and and Friends is definitely going to be four. Even though I don't really like New Girl. It's, f- it's probably better than How I Met Your Mother. It's maybe same as Box and Rec. Uh, but I'm just going to put it a bit higher just because it maybe it is. But I think all the finales apart from Friends are a bit poor, to be honest. But that's kind of props to Friends, really. Next, The Love Duo. Right. The Love Duo. Okay, so a few of these shows have different love duos. So obviously you've got Monica and Chandler and Ross and Rachel. But the central love duo, duo is Ross and Rachel. It's kind of it's kind of boring by the end, but it is iconic. It's it's still a talking point in culture, like were they on a break, all that sort of stuff. And it's really interesting that by the finale you still care, even though it is kind of boring. You still care that she got off the plane, which I think is incredibly uh, impressive. Leslie and Ben. <sighs> Let me talk about Ben for a second. Obviously, Len, Leslie and Ben are perfect for each other. 
But Ben, Ben Wyatt, you are my lighthouse. You are my, you are the sun to my stars and the moon to my stars, whatever it is. You are the man I want to be. I want to get this across. I love Ben Wyatt. <laughs> and it's very typical for me to love a straight white man in the, in the show that has a myriad of different people in it. Not really typical of me, but typical of people that look like me. His passion, his nerdiness, his uh, love of Leslie, his love of his job, his he stands by people, he cares for people, he's unequivocally himself, he's not ashamed of himself. He is the man I would, he's the man I want to be. <laughs> that seems really weird to say about a sitcom character, but I just love him. And that gives extra points to Leslie and Ben. Ted and Robin, we've already spoken about. They shouldn't have ended up together. I liked them together at the beginning, but they weren't meant for each other. They have different opinions of life. They shouldn't have ended up together. Jess and Nick, again, I've said, they could be my parents. I love them together. I love... Whereas Ted and Robin, I don't like that they're perfect for each other because Ted always goes on about how she, he wants the perfect one. Jess and Nick aren't perfect for each other, but they work at it and they end up being perfect for each other. And that's why I like. So Parks and Rec are going to get four fat points for this because... You know, <laughs> we love it. What gets second place in three points? Friends or a new girl? How many your mother gets one point? Because obviously Marshall and Lily are really fun, but they're not the central love duo. New girl, I think I prefer Jess and Nick together than I do Ross and Rachel, but I think because... Actually, I'm going to give new girl three points and friends two points. I was going to go with friends because that relationship so iconic, but fuck off. <laughs> that was really random, sorry. Now, How I Met Your Mother's going to get an extra two points because it's the only show to make me cry out of these four shows. So they're going to get an extra two points. And it's particularly when Marshall's dad died. I'd. It's kind of more to do with me than the show, but I recently lost a family member when I watched that episode for the first time. Or I watched, maybe it wasn't for the first time, but I think it was a few days after I'd lost somebody in my family and I just put on How I Met Your Mother because... You know, it's a feel-good show. And that episode came on and I just cried. Anyway. <laughs> Next is theme song. So we have New Girl, which uh, I think it's one of the stronger theme songs. You know, Joey, um, Zoe Jessenel, Jess, Jess, however you say it, sings it. Uh, there's like an inside joke with me and my girlfriend where obviously at the end it says, it's Jess. We go like, I say that to my girlfriend, like, it's you. I don't know. It's, it sounds silly, but it's kind of an inside joke. So it gets extra points for that. Hi, Mate Mother. It's fun, but no words. Pox and Rec, it's fun, but also no words. Uh, I think I probably prefer How Mate Mother because How Mate Mother because it's shorter. I'm going to give Parks and Rec one point. How Mate Mother two points. Friends is iconic. Friends is going to get four points, and New Girl's going to get three points. It's because Friends, it's it's an iconic song. By the way, the best, I think I've said this before, the best theme song for any show is Gilmore Girls. I know all the words, don't at me. Right, friendships. Friendships, friendships, friendships. I tried to figure out what the, like, the central friendships of each show was, but I couldn't really figure it out. Like, Friends, there's very clearly, like, Joey and Chandler and kind of Ross, Monica and Rachel and kind of Phoebe. Um, How Many Mother is Ted and Marshall, kind of Barney, and the Lily and Robin. And then New Girl is Jess and Cece, Nick and Schmidt, and kind of Winston and Coach. 
Um, and then there's also like Winston and Cece. Um, so I, I couldn't, I wish, I thought there'd be like, there is a central love duo. I thought there'd be a central friendship duo with all these, but there wasn't really. So I'm now just going to read it on like friendships in total. I think Pox and Rec have the best like characters, as we saw earlier with the ranking. They got the highest score with the characters, but friendships, like the tight knit group of friends, Harmate, Mother, and New Girl, out does Pox and Rex. So I think Pox and Rex is going to get one point for that. Even though Leslie and Anne's a really good friendship, I just, it's kind of the only one that's really good, maybe. You kind of get, like, uh, Andy and April, but that's more of a love thing. More of, like, a relationship more than a friendship. Um, see, New Girl, they feel like really good friends. Ooh, this is really tight, actually. And I told myself I wouldn't give the same amount of points to different shows in each category. Like, give them all three points because I can't decide. <sighs> But I think I might have to do that. I'm going to give New Girl, Hame, Mother and Friends all three points here. Now, rewatchability. Is this the last category? I think this um, rewatchability is the last character group, but then I'm going to give my overall thoughts about all of the show and help that. And then I'm going to give points out according to that about how, how I feel about them personally. So rewatchability. Now, New Girl and Parks and Rec I rewatched recently. So I finished New Girl about a month ago. That was kind of like the third or fourth time I've watched it all the way through. And this time, something was different. I didn't love it as much as usual. Um, and the thing about New Girl is, I think with the other three shows, there are episodes in which you see the title of the episode, you see the synopsis, and you go, oh, wow, that was an icon- that's an iconic episode. In particular with How Many Mother and Friends, um, and definitely Parks and Rec as well, actually. But I think with New Girl... I'm not sure, I just, I think I can think of more iconic episodes with the other three than I can with New Girl, and that is kind of to do with rewatchability, like, I'll rewatch a show just so I can get to that episode, you know. Rewatchability, I think Parks and Rec is going to go with two points for this, just because it's the one I've watched the least, I've watched it twice all the way through and I'm rewatching it now, that's the least, that's less than I've watched Friends and Harm at Your Mother, but that's kind of not the show's fault, that's just my fault, uh... But I also feel like Friends and Harmony Mother are more rewatchable. Okay, Friends and Harmony Mother. Friends is definitely the one I've rewatched the most. Um, it's the one that me and my girlfriend watch a lot. It's kind of always on when there's nothing to watch. We put it on. We put it on. Like my girlfriend puts it on to fall asleep to. It's in the background. It's kind of more of a constant. Harmony Mother, I'm kind of. That's the one I've watched the most. That's 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 the show that I've purposely put on and watched the most in my life. I think. But I think I'm going to go with Friends with four points and Harmony Mother with three points just because I think as a society and and people I know that Friends is more rewatchable. Now, let me talk about the show as a whole. I've Obviously, I've kind of touched on a lot of it, but I think you can't really underestimate the cultural impact of Friends. I think there are a lot of shows that came before it, like Seinfeld and all these things, and shows that came after it, like Harmony Mother, that have... A bit of cultural impact and had their moment but there's something about friends that transcends that and that it's just we haven't had another ross and rachel and we haven't had another we haven't had as much hype around a show before and i guess friends came along with the kind of the introduction of the celebrity maybe or at least 
or at least like uh tabloids and mtv and i think it came along at a similar point to when that all kicked off as well which definitely added to like the the attraction to the show and the kind of hype around it and like i remember my mum telling me that like ross and rachel getting together was like newsworthy that was like it was on the news like where they're going to get together and stuff and obviously that counts for something that that's it's it's hard to put that against other shows like the other three shows are more recent but so they haven't had time to have that nostalgia and cultural impact but i think even if they had that time they wouldn't have that time um if that makes sense they wouldn't have the the impact that friends has had so that counts for something i've spoken about how many mothers ending i think I've always kind of said that How I Met Your Mother is my favourite sitcom. And I probably would still say that even after doing this. This isn't really about what my favourite is. It's more about like what's the best. Obviously, my opinion is a big part of it because I'm, I'm giving them points. But How I Met Your Mother is definitely probably my favourite. Um, I kind of probably say that just to kind of be different to, the, to people who love Friends. But I definitely felt more like their friend, if that makes sense. Like even though I don't think I'm friends with Barney and Ted and Marshall and Lily and Robin, but I definitely feel like watching them and kind of, because there's so many in-jokes and there's so many things, you definitely feel more like you're their friend because there's so many in-jokes and there's so many like callbacks and the slap bet and all that kind of thing. It's just, I don't know. I just really like how I'm meeting with that. Um, And obviously the ending lets it down, but the rest of the show is amazing and really consistent. Also, I should really talk about consistency, to be honest. Um, it's hard to talk about consistency because it's subjective. Um, obviously, all of these are subjective, really, but they're all pretty consistent shows, I think. There's some th- They do certain things that aren't right, like Jerry and Rachel, um, Schmidt cheating, um, the ending of How I Met Your Mother. Uh, Parks and Rick's probably the most consistent, but it's also the shortest. What about Parks and Rec? Parks and Rec's the most recent one that I've seen. I watched it for the first time during lockdown, maybe, maybe or something like that. Um, and then rewatched it since. And I watched a lot of like clips online and stuff because it went off of any streaming services. So I watched a lot of clips online. But I just I don't think I have the love for Parks and Rec that I have for especially How Many Mother and Friends. But also their characters are probably my favorite. And you know I I love Ben. <laughs> um, I think New Girl's probably the weakest. I'm going to give one point to New Girl. This is like overall my thoughts. One point to New Girl, two points to Parks and Rec, three points to Friends, and four points to How Many Mother. So I've gone through all the categories that I had listed down. Obviously, you're going to disagree with a lot of these. Um, obviously, The Office isn't there, so, you know, a lot of people are going to feel like this is null and void, this thing. But I'm going to add up all the points that each thing got, uh, and we'll, I'll come back. Okay, so... I've added up, all, added up all the scores, and it, I was hoping for a bit of a surprise, to be honest, but there isn't really a surprise. In last place, we have New Girl, with a total of 18 points. In third in third place, we have Parks and Rec, with a total of 22 points. In second place, we have How Met Your Mother, with 25 points. And in first place, we have Friends, with 27 points. Now, to me, that's a little disappointing because Friends seems like the obvious answer <laughs> and feels like I could have just we could have just said that at the beginning and the podcast would be over and there's no point in this exercise. But I think there's definitely 
obviously Friends isn't my favourite out of these shows. How Many Mothers is probably my favourite. But it's interesting to see that the most popular one actually is the best one according to all my categories. You know, like, Friends came last with the character ranking thing, but it just made up so much ground with the rest of it, you know? It is, it is slightly disappointing, isn't it? Are we all are we all as... <laughs> was that as anticlimactic as it was for me, for all of you? Um, but it's probably the right choice just because it's the one that, as I said, has the most cultural impacts and is the most popular worldwide. I would just would have liked a different outcome, <laughs> I think. Um, but it's definitely interesting to see where certain shows thrived. So, like, Parks and Rec was the best at uh, the characters. Um, you know, How Many Mother gets certain points and little, you know, a bit of bias towards me because I love it and it made me cry, it's made me laugh. It's the one I kind of love the most. It's, it's just interesting that Friends still won. Like, at the end of the day... I might like How Many Mother, you know, Parks and Rec is in, Parks and Rec and New Girl are more newcomers. At the end of the day, Friends is still the best. <laughs> and, you know, Office isn't in this, Curb, is it, Curb Your Enthusiasm isn't in this, I haven't seen it. Arrested Development isn't in, in, isn't in this, that's a little inconsistent. Modern Family, Always Sunny, uh, Community, Superstore, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, these shows aren't in this. But I feel like Friends probably would have won anyway, with all those things in it. Um... Yeah, it's interesting. And maybe things were different. Maybe things would be different on a different day, but that's how it's kind of ended up at the moment. I didn't, And there's lots of things I didn't even talk about. Like, you know, Ted's... Ted's I don't want to go into more of it, but like, Ted's... The many girls of Ted Mosby, you know. Victoria, maybe she was the one. Um, Parks and Rec, extra characters like John Ralphio, Tammy Two, Jennifer Barkley, all iconic. Um... You know, New Girl, you have Benjamin, who's really funny. Robbie, who's really funny. Gensling, who's really funny. Russell, who I guess is funny. But I think it's definitely right that New Girl's probably the weakest out of these. Friends and How Many Mother are very similar. Parks and Rec and New Girl are maybe kind of similar. Probably not, actually. Um, probably Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Parks and Rec are, the cl- are quite similar. But anyway, I hope this was interesting for, for other people. This is definitely interesting for me and definitely a little bit anticlimactic, but... I think it was interesting to do. It was definitely a good exercise for me as well to do like research and really plan it out. I've got a huge spreadsheet of all the different things that I did. But yeah, it's it is kind of disappointing. It is kind of disappointing. Um, so that was it. Friends is the best sitcom of all time, followed by How Many Mother, Parks and Rec, and New Girl in fourth slash last place. Surprise, surprise. Um, I hope you all enjoyed that. Please don't be too angry with me that I didn't include The Office and disappointed that the Friends won. Um, obviously I disagree with that I kind of believe that Hamia Mother is the best one but you know who am I to argue with cold hard facts and figures um <laughs> oh dear was this a waste of time let's hope not let's hope not um I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Wagon Wheel Coffee Table podcast next week we're going to do something slightly different um I'm going to talk about some maybe some underrated films or underwatched films um I want to do more episodes like I said last week that talk about maybe more than one film in an episode instead of just like one or two films in one episode like I did with like Super Mario Bros, Cinema Paradiso, Goal, all those kind of things. We're going to switch it up a little bit and I hope people look forward to that and enjoy it. Anyway, I hope you have had a good week. Please leave a rating. Please leave a like. Do people leave likes on podcasts? Leave a rating, leave a review. I'd love to hear what people are thinking about it. 
But yeah, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, you'll hear me next week. <laughs>